Coming up, does life get easier or more difficult once your kids leave home? Well, it all depends on who you're talking to. Surviving Empty Nesting, next on The Matt Townsend Show. Good afternoon, I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. UN observers have discovered more atrocities in Syria while world leaders are still deciding how to react to the massacres over the weekend. UN observers discovered 13 corpses bound and many apparently shot execution style in eastern Syria. A statement from the leader of the observer team says he's deeply disturbed by what he calls an appalling and inexcusable act. The victims appear to have had their hands tied behind their backs. The discovery followed by days the massacre of more than 100 people in central Syria. In protest, at least nine countries have expelled Syrian diplomats, including the United States, Britain, Canada, and Germany. Syria's state-run media calls the expulsions unprecedented hysteria. Warren Levinson, New York. Syria's unrelenting violence has the U.N. Security Council divided once again following a closed-door debriefing of the weekend massacre. Syria is edging closer to a civil war that will engulf the region, U.S. Ambassador Susan Rice says, and the U.N. Security Council is divided about how to prevent it. More pressure on the Syrian government. There are some who expressed grave skepticism and some who said it's past time. There are sanctions. There are very severe sanctions on on Syria, unilateral sanctions adopted by uh, a number of countries, and they're having very severe effect. Ambassador Vitaly Cherkin of Russia, the Syrian regime's chief ally on the council, insists foreign-backed opposition is just as responsible for the violence as the government is. Warren Levinson, New York. President Barack Obama called and congratulated Mitt Romney on winning the Republican presidential nomination. The president telephoned Romney to congratulate him on going over the magic number of 1,144 delegates needed to secure the GOP nomination. An Obama campaign statement said the president told Romney that he looks forward to an important and healthy debate about America's future. The call came as the president's re-election campaign opened a new critique of Romney, focusing attention on his record as governor of Massachusetts. Jerry Bodlander at the White House. Julian Assange, the founder of WikiLeaks, lost his extradition appeal in Britain, but that doesn't mean he's giving up. The courts endorsed Assange's extradition to Sweden, bringing the secret-spilling internet activist a big step closer to prosecution, but a question mark hangs over the decision after the WikiLeaks founder's lawyer made the highly unusual suggestion that she would try to reopen the case, although Britain's highest court ruled 5-2 to two that the Sweden-issued arrest warrant was properly issued. Lawyer Dina Rose says the court's ruling largely relies on a treaty whose interpretation, she says, she never had the chance to challenge. Charles de la Desmond, London. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. We do what we can every day on our show here to uh, give you the tools, the skills you need to make it through this crazy thing we call life, the great big ball of mud. And uh, and we really want to give you some some insight, some, some uh, I guess, a leg up to figure out how to make it through some of the more difficult times of life. Today, I want to talk about... 
Um, an interesting stage of life. Now, let me just set the mood here for you a little bit. Now, imagine that you've spent many years raising all of your beautiful children, these gifts from heaven, just wonderful kids. You finally get them off to college. Uh, you, you're so proud of them. And uh, you take your last one away to college. You drop them off. You and the missus get back in your car. You drive home. You go to bed, first time in the empty house, and you wake up the next morning next to some mouth breather, <laughs> snoring spouse, and you're thinking to yourself, holy cow, who is this person? We haven't talked for years, and now you are there, just the two of you, alone in a quiet home. Ah, doesn't that feel great? Now, when you think of that idea... I want you to think of what's the most common emotion that comes over your body. Do you feel peace like, oh, finally? Can you relax now? Do you feel excited, energized by the opportunities of the future? Do you feel invigorated to know that, holy cow, I got my whole life ahead of me now. Now I can do every single thing I want to do. Or do you feel another emotion? Do you feel fear? Do you feel, um, oh, sadness, like, oh, geez, now I've lost my baby? Uh, Do you feel um, alone? Do you feel ignored, abandoned? Do you start to wonder what you're going to do? Do you fall into depression? What are the feelings that come over you? Because today we want to uncover this illusion. I don't know what it is because we're getting some mixed research on this idea of empty nester syndrome. Personally, when my mom and dad kind of kicked us out, I've never seen the happier people in my life. <laughs> I've never seen the celebrations um, of, than my parents when they dropped us off. In fact, I got to witness it with every one of my sisters. And I think there's something about finally knowing that your role as an active parent has maybe done, and and then you're able to hand over your kids, right? Or... Um, Are you not feeling that? Empty nester, that's the topic we're going to talk about today. And again, some of the research is a little confusing because some research we've read from um, kind of the historic research on empty nesters basically says that, uh, and this is from the 90s, that uh, you have about a 16% increase in your divorce rate at the time of empty nesting when your last children leave the home. The, The divorce rate tends to go up a bit right there. But some of the latest research is saying, oh, no, it is time to party like it's 1999. (laughs) I couldn't think of the year. That's how bad it's getting. Um, As a a father of six children, though, I sit here and I'm excited to test the empty nester syndrome. I want to see what it does to me. I have a feeling I'll celebrate the moment and I have a feeling my wife will be depressed. Have you noticed that? Does your wife handle it more differently than you do? Does she take it to a different degree? Uh, Some of the latest research, interestingly, shows that um, a lot of the empty nesters maybe fall into other problems. Like they've got time now they've got to spend with each other. Like, ah, do you remember when you were dating? You used to be able to find, oh, we could do anything. Let's just go, whatever. We could do anything and make it fun. Uh, now you just you got to worry about your health. You got to worry about your parents' health. A lot of that gets into the problems with empty nester syndrome. Um, you're trying to take care of your your aging parents, and that causes other problems. Some other problems apparently is that we uh, empty nesters tend to go wild. 
A November 2010 study by the Center for Retirement Research at Boston College found that when children leave the nest, parents increase their per capita spending on non-durable goods by an average of 51%. This includes everything from exotic vacations to evenings out to new wardrobe and pricey hobbies, not to mention all of the medications and other things we need to take to make it through these times. So this study is basically saying um, we actually, that our assets um, start to, well, not drop, but we're not paying down on our debt. We're actually getting further in debt, which might cause other problems for the empty nesters. So again, that's not a real empty nester syndrome. That's just, you know, traditional aging problem. But apparently as as we're aging and we're knowing we're going to be living longer, some of us are really amping up the game. We're picking up our game a lot more. Now, I've had clients come in and I've struggled with this because forever these couples have spent so much time building their family. And the assumption is inherently if we work on the family, our marriage will do just fine. But what usually happens, I find, is marital satisfaction tends to go down a little bit with the children, but your family satisfaction tends to go up. So you're feeling good as a family until – and then eventually your family will leave you if you're lucky. And some aren't so lucky. That sounds cynical. But some just have the kids keep coming back. And we'll get into some of these topics. But it's a big deal. And I want you to be thinking about your own relationship. I want you to think – just take do a little gut check. Uh, what was your gut telling you when we were going over the idea of having everyone out of the home? So like for me, um, when I coach couples and work with couples, I can't tell you how many of them come to me and say, you know what, if if it was just my wife and I, our marriage would be incredible. Like when we go on trips, boom, it's back. We are so in love. We can touch on each other. It's just incredible. Life is so great. And then we get home and then there's the kids and they just are horrible. (laughs) I literally heard this in the last week. So I want you to be thinking about it. What's going on in your head and how do we change it? By the end of the show, we're going to be giving you a bunch of tools, a bunch of ideas for how to take your empty nester marriage and make it not a depressing down thing, but make it something that really um, you can take to the next level. And I also want you to realize that you and your partner, are you're, you're going to be different. I mean, remember, we all maybe derive our esteem differently. And your spouse, for example, she may have been really getting a lot of self-esteem, a lot of self-worth from being the mother, from having these kids and being a part of their life. My, I don't know what my wife would do if she couldn't talk to every one of my kids about their dating life. I think she's living vicariously through my children because our dating life is so horrible. But um, I think part of it is she just feels so fulfilled. And so I'm assuming, in fact, when we dropped our first daughter off at college, she was, it, was, it was kind of lonely time for both my daughter, who said, this bites. <laughs> this college stuff's hard, Dad. It's not as fun as I thought it would be. And then that was about two hours. And then she found a bunch of friends, and it's been nothing but fun ever since. My wife, on the other hand, uh, a little bit different story. Um, now she's left in a home with five boys and her husband, <clears throat> six of us. And I think she's going through empty nester syndrome right now. I think she's dying for anybody else to come back and just hang out and talk. So I think it comes down to who you are, how we're different. But on the show today, we're going to get in-depth on a bunch of solutions. We've got some great stories put together by some of our top-notch producers, and we're going to get in here. We're going to do a little bit of a roundtable. 
We're going to talk to some of the producers here and find out uh, what's going on with their parents. Was was the separation when they finally went away to college, was it a moment of joy or a moment of desperate sorrow? And um, so far I'm hearing joy, 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 joy. Hopefully we can open this up for you, give you some more tools and some more ideas. If you are an empty nester, get prepared. If you're not, get prepared. And let's start working on our marriages all the way through. No reason that they need to end in a divorce just because the kids go away, right? That's our idea. That's the topic for today's show. Hang tight. We'll be back after this break right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. New bionic legs are helping patients that were previously bound to a wheelchair stand tall and reach farther than ever before. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. For hundreds of years, most people paralyzed from the waist down due to spinal injury have relied on wheelchairs. And while using a wheelchair offers some mobility, it still places significant limits to where you can go and how fast you can get there. California-based Berkeley Bionics has developed a new exoskeleton system called E-Legs. The advanced lower body robotic system uses artificial intelligence, advanced sensors, and gesture recognition programming to enable wearers to stand up and walk. Advanced versions of the system will let users turn a variety of corners and even climb stairs. Users can put the lightweight and compact E-Legs on over their own legs in just a couple of minutes. The system is battery-powered and rechargeable, and it can work for up to six hours at a time. Initially, the apparatus will be used under medical supervision for rehabilitation and training. The company behind eLegs is working on a streamlined commercial version for all-day use in homes. It's more than one small step towards a brighter future. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. It goes something like this. Uh, hey, there, it's the morning show. Break a leg now. It's the morning show. Come along, everybody. It's the morning show. On your mark, Get set, go. (laughs) The Morning Show with Marcus Smith, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about empty nester syndrome. Apparently, uh, when our kids go away, um, we miss them. Which uh, I don't quite always understand because sometimes I can hardly wait. Like, I'm excited for June because June's when we send all of our kids away on camps. And so I think that's the pre-run for the empty nester syndrome. Uh, we are talking about the, the when our children leave, the impact it has on us, as on our marriages, our relationships. And does it have to be so bad? Uh, and it's interesting because the research isn't necessarily clear. And our own um, Corinne Collins is going to be joining us in a minute. But we're going to listen to a um, a bit of a featurette she put together, a little information on the research behind the empty nester phenomenon. Uh, 
In September this year, my parents will wave goodbye to their youngest child as my sister leaves home for university. After seeing three children off and being parents for 40 years, I'm certain that the adjustment is going to be a bit tricky. In fact, my mum has already asked me if I'm going to move home anytime soon. Mm, I don't think so, mum. But does empty nest syndrome really negatively affect marital relationships? Data from the National Centre for Health Statistics that was collected between 1981 and 1991 indicates that during the empty nest years, the rate of divorce increases by 16% for couples married 30 years or more. But more recent studies tend to say that marital happiness increases after the children have flown the nest. Every fall, psychologist Karen L. Fingerman asks her freshman students how they think their parents are coping with life without them being at home. And every year, students seem to think that their parents are worse off now the children are gone. But Dr. Fingerman's research indicates otherwise. In a study published in 2000, Dr. Fingerman interviewed women in their 20s with mothers in their 40s and found that both groups of women were what she termed almost sappily positive about their relationships. The same can be said for marriage relationships too, and a 2009 longitudinal study published in the journal Psychological Science says that marital satisfaction increases with overall age, but the empty nest results in increased marital happiness because partners have more time to spend together. So where do the other statistics and worries come from? Well, there is no doubt that watching children transition to adulthood and leave home is difficult, a fact that my own mother has very much helped me to realize. However, this also frees up time for couples to spend together without the stresses of child rearing. Because, after all, the empty nest is still, well, a nest. Excellent job. Corinne Collins, our BBC, almost BBC reporter, is joining us now for an in-depth discussion about this. Corinne, welcome to the show. Hello. Great job on that little package Thank there. Thank you. Or, sorry, that featurette. Um, so your parents are glad you're gone. Well, kind of. They are now. Initially, when I left, my mom apparently cried for every day of the two weeks before I was leaving. So sad. But that's probably because I was leaving England and coming to America. See, so that she's was a, bit a big frightened. step. And yeah. she didn't know that you'd be an almost BBC reporter. Right. She didn't know I'd be taken care of. But you're not. Uh, you're not being taken care of. No. <laughs> In fact, if she knew that you weren't eating properly and you hadn't bathed. Well, you bathe every day, but <laughs> hypothetically. Anyway, um, so fill me in on the research because we're getting mixed mixed messages here, right? So what, really what I'm seeing is that it depends on what we're talking about. Um, if we're talking about um, parent-child relationships, how that affects that is affected by empty nesting, it seems that um, the transition is hard. Parents think, oh, my, my child's leaving. I'm not entirely sure how that's going to affect our relationship. I'm used to seeing them every day. But ultimately... Um, the transition helps them to move into a more adult relationship, right. more like a, a partnership or a peer-like yeah, relationship, equals. the research says. Um, and then for marriage relationships, um, couples seem to have more time. And so they seem to spend more time together. Um, and that can be either positive yeah, or negative. I was negative. just wondering, is that a good thing? I mean, a lot of these couples haven't spent time for 20 years. Maybe that's why historically it was a shocker. But now maybe, too, we also have more options of what we can do with our time. Right, yeah, and I think so. Um, it seems, I mean, the research seems to indica indicate that people tend to be happier 
after the children have left simply because they don't have as much stress of the child rearing and they you know their worries change they're not worried about the child day to day and there's definitely not the stress of living with another person or multiple other people and these these people that you have to change their clothes you have to wash (laughs) their clothes you have to feed them so they can get their clothes dirty i mean kids Kids impact majorly our relationships. And so having them gone, I guess, is good. And it's also interesting that it's not um, forever. What we've always kind of learned is that marriage, the marital satisfaction is basically a U shape. Mm-hmm. So we we start with really high satisfaction. Then with every child, it tends to go down like a, a U, this letter of a U. Yep. And eventually at the bottom, we bottom out. And the research, I thought, historically said something about 20 years in is when you're kind of bottoming out. Mm -hmm. And then we tend to get better. Um, Is that – I guess – did you read anything in the research that 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 marital satisfaction has changed? Is there a way to keep marital satisfaction up? Did you hear anything as you're going through this? Does it have to drop? We know – we know that the divorce rate historically had gone up, and I guess a lot of people are waiting to divorce till their last kid gets out of the house. Mm-hmm. Then it hits the hits the fan. I think that's a po- an important distinction to make between people who are simply waiting mm-hmm. to get divorced, and so they wait until their kids leave, and then like, okay, see ya. And people who are trying, you know, are intending to continue be married, and their children leave, and they're just adjusting. Um, having a child causes financial stress right. um, and time stresses. That I mean, and. uh, The statistics show that um, children tend to cause more stress for couples. And after their first child, marital satisfaction does actually go down. And it can go up and down during the years. Um, But a lot of the times, a lot of the couples um, express satisfaction after their children are left because they're proud of what their child's doing. If they're going away to college or university or, you know, getting a job and they think, oh, this is great. And then actually... um, it's not just the amount of time that's spent together, but the quality of the time. Right. So, you know, there might be couples who spend a lot of time together while they're raising their children, but that changes when they get older and they, they are able to spend their money differently right. and things like that. Well, and now they're going to go on cruises and go hang out and do some things and, and, start to, and start to get a life. Okay, good stuff. Corinne, anything else we need to know about the research? If not, we're going to have you come back when you um, are ready to talk. We're going we're gonna to do a little roundtable. Anything else we need to know, though? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. Just, just spend good time together. Um, enjoy the time that you have. And, you know, don't worry so much about the kids. They'll be fine. Yeah, kids are big people, right? Yeah. I mean, I work with them every day. We have an intern in here that's 16 going on 24. Cutest kid in the world, Bryce Tobin. He'll be in our roundtable coming up. Uh, but before we do that, I want to go to New York. And we've, we've, uh, we've got some audio tape of some New Yorkers. Um, talking about, I guess, some of their tools, their skills for how some rules you set when you're letting your kids go away um, and now you're an empty nester. My daughter graduated college and she came home the following week and she said, I rented an apartment and I'm moving out. So I said, gee, is it big enough for you to take everything that's in your room? Everything? Oh, my heaven, stop that for a sec. Do you hear how sad she is? She's so sad. This poor lady feels like she's sad. She has lost. You're taking everything. Can it all fit, honey? Oh, poor lady. Keep going. That's in your room. Everything. She looked at me. I said, and if you run short of money and you can't pay the rent at the the end of the month, that's going to be your problem, not ours. (laughs) 
And if you want to come home to have dinner, you have to call and make an appointment. That oh, you're my coming. heavens. Stop that for a sec. What is happening to this woman? She's turning punitive. She's trying to – and you're going to have to do your own laundry. Your aunt, you might die. But if you have to die, you have to die. <laughs> Keep going, Rob. You have to call and make an appointment that you're coming. You can't just drop in. You're moving <laughs> away and you're on your own. Then you're going to be on your own. Yeah, and you may die on your own and grow up, okay? Or you could just stay with mommy <laughs> and put everything back in your room. And mommy could just keep you right where mommy needs you. I cry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when my sons moved out. Now, they, they were grown men, mm-hmm. but they was with me all their lives. Mm-hmm. So for them to get married and move out, I mean, that really, really hurt me. And even now, I mean, I miss my boys. <laughs> I miss them terribly. You know, it's just something that you always miss them if they're not home. They visit. They call you. But it's not the same. It's not the same. I wasn't ready for them to leave home. I thought they should have stayed there with me forever. Mm-hmm. I thought that they should have just married. Hey, nothing wrong with that. What, I mean, what's the worst thing that could happen with an adult staying with their parents forever? Hmm. Developmentally, maybe not the healthiest thing. Maybe they wouldn't have other friends, but at least they'd have mom. Forever. I thought that they should have just married and brought their spouses in there to live with me. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, because who wouldn't want to live with your mother? Think of that, you guys. I mean, do you, do you hear what's going on? This is this is this is the problem with empty nesters, right? And not and by the way, not all of you have this. Some of you don't even feel this way, but apparently some do, and it, it's real. And there's a real depression. You can even hear it in their voices. It's, Mary, it's, by the way, it's so crazy that they're even thinking. Let's bring. Let's just raise everyone in my home with me where I can have power and control over them. Married and brought their spouses in there to live with me. They should never go anywhere. They should be there so we could, I could still witness their life. Mm. What sometimes overcomes me is the silence. So when I walk in the house, I turn on the television. I may even turn on the radio because I need to have that, the energy of other loving things and voices mm. around me. Yeah. The emptiness blues is not knowing on a daily basis by looking them over whether or not they're okay. My baby boy said he wasn't moving out. He said he going to get mad at his wife for moving with me because he liked the way I cook. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Who would leave mama if you're going to cook for me? That is, see, look at they're, they're trying to get their hooks in. They're, they're finding little ways in. Oh, it's just interesting. Keep going. This is great. Because he liked the way I cook. <laughs> Uh-uh, I done told him, I'm waiting for him to move out so I can, I told my old one, he, he got, make sure he be out of school. I said, I can boot him on out. <laughs> I'm just waiting to boot him out. And I said, after that, I'm not cooking nothing. I'm going out to eat every day. When he went away, he wanted to go to Los Angeles and everybody said, oh, that's so far away. Are you going to let him go? And I said, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was really happy. I hate Call to say Call when it. you get there. <laughs> yeah, right. Call when you get there. Awesome. Okay. So, okay, that is the perfect little cornucopia of um, empty nesting paradigms and how we get through them, how we cut through them. Look, everyone's bringing something different from depression to obsessive compulsion. I mean, you've got everything on the smorgasbord 
And so you be thinking, which one of those sounded most like you? When we come back from the break, we're going to do a little roundtable with our producers here. We're going to get a taste of their lives and see how their families are faring without them being around. Then our, we're going to get into some real-life solutions, some tools, some ideas for how you make Empty Nester a happy, uh, productive time of your life instead of a major drain in your life. That's what we're talking about, folks, Empty Nesters. Are you one of them? Are you going to be? That's what we're talking about on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Connect with Matt on BYU Radio's Facebook page. And Twitter at BYU Radio. Ranger Station. Yeah, hi. I'd like to report a bear sighting in the forest. Uh Uh-huh. One second I'm having a smoke. Next thing I know, I'm face-to-face with Smokey Bear. Wow. And he told me it only takes one spark to start a wildfire. Did you know nine out of ten wildfires are caused by humans? I had no idea. That's why Smokey's famous and you're not. If you see someone in danger of starting a wildfire, step in and make a difference. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Learn more at SmokeyBear.com. Only you can prevent wildfires. As to answer your question, we actually have an architect, a native in Madagascar with 20 years of experience, who has worked in affordable housing for the government. How do you run across someone like that? Uh, you know, I, I would say lots of divine help. Um, divine help, that's a nice cop-out. <laughs> I, I want you to answer my question. <laughs> the Morning Show with Marcus Smith, only on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon. I'm Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. The dangerous computer virus that was found in Iran has reportedly been stopped after briefly disrupting the oil industry. An Iranian official says experts have removed the Flame virus. Flame is a powerful spyware program that can mop up data and ship it out. The official said it was aimed at espionage. With the announcement, Iran admits the virus did infect computers there, though no details were given. Fingers pointed at Israel, which is determined to scuttle Iran's nuclear program, charging that Iran is making nuclear weapons. Another virus called Stuxnet crippled the nuclear program for months. Mark Levy, Cairo. Afghanistan is still harboring al-Qaeda operatives, offering a significant threat to a country transitioning towards handling its own security. The military says there are still al-Qaeda members in Afghanistan. I'd say scores is how I'd put it. Navy Captain John Kirby says the total is relatively small, but still troubling. Any number of al-Qaeda in Afghanistan is a matter of concern. Even after the killing of the terror network's number two leader in Afghanistan, Kirby says al-Qaeda fighters still have places there to plan and train while moving to and from Pakistan. Sagar Megani at the Pentagon. President Barack Obama has extended the existence of the Export-Import Bank. Before reauthorizing the bank for a couple of years and raising its lending cap by 40 percent, the president stressed it's a win-win-win. The bank helps companies export their products, thereby creating more jobs in the U.S., all at no cost to the taxpayer. As long as our global competitors are providing financing for their exports, uh, we've got to do the same. Supporters say the bank's loans helped support 290,000 jobs last year. Opponents say it's corporate welfare and charge it distorts the market. Jerry Bodlander at the White House. There are fewer people signing contracts to buy homes, but experts don't see these April figures as a problem. 
The biggest drop in signed contracts was in the West, 12%, but every region of the country reported higher sales activity last month than last year at the same time. Other good signs? Builders are breaking ground on more homes, mortgage rates have never been lower, and the job market's better, which means more people are at least open to buying. Still, homes are not selling as fast as they should in a healthy market, and the economists say it could be years before we see that happen. Rita Foley, Washington. You're listening to BYU Radio on Sirius XM 143. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend. Today we are talking about empty nesters, how your life falls completely apart when your little munchkins leave your house and it's just you left just with you and your spouse not knowing what to do sad incapable of actually probably even making your own meals anymore actually we're going to blow up that myth it doesn't have to be all bad or sad when your kids go away and we're going to um go right away to one of our uh producers Bryce Tobin who has gone out on the street did a little he's gone and done a little man on the street asking them about empty nesting I am what some people would refer to as the baby of the family. Depending on how you see it, I gave my parents the gift, or curse, of empty nesting. Empty nesting is all about perspective. Some see it as a lonely place where something wonderful used to be. Others unabashedly see it as a long-awaited freedom. My parents most certainly fall into the second category on this. For today, I hit the mean streets of Provo to see what others had to say. While I was walking about, a guy drove past me on a motorcycle. I had found my first victim. So I asked him if he was worried about becoming an empty nester. No, six years away. Not afraid of it. Let's face it, he drove a motorcycle around. He's leaning in at the end of this race. Then I ran into Jen, and she's not the typical empty nester. She was a single mom. When you're a single mom, and you ha- it, it's all about survival. I didn't have time to worry about that. And then I ran into the Petersons. They've been empty nesters for longer than I've been alive. They are watching their kids transition into empty nesting, and they have quite the perspective on this. I picked up hobbies. Hey, gardening. A lottery. Uh-huh. Hey, gardens, I don't. And uh, I used to play a lot of music. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think one really thinks about that. Uh, I, I don't know if you can garden, right? That's something you just sort of have to work for yourself. Yeah. But... I suspect quite the way they would learn is by what they see your example is. Yeah. And if you see you moping around and, and uh, sad. Uh, if you're going, woohoo, then they Empty nesting doesn't look so bad now, does it? It actually sounds really fun, Bryce. Um, so we're going to bring our roundtable in here, all of our producers, and we're going to do a, a little bit of a uh, – I, I want to hear about their parents. And so we're going to ask them all first to share me um, a little bit of their story. Was it easy or hard for your parents when you left? Then we're going to come back and do another round where you're going to tell us um, like what are some of the things that mom and dad did to get over losing such beautiful children as all of you. Okay, let's start with Bryce. Bryce, easy or hard for your parents? What did you notice? 
I would say it was pretty easy. They looked forward to it. Did they celebrate like the motorcycle guy? It's going to just happen. Uh, they uh, No, I don't think they celebrated. They were too busy. But <laughs> They're too busy partying. If they had time, I would not be surprised if they did. So they enjoyed it. Sheldon, how about your parents? Um, well, I'm not really sure about with my parents because uh, – First of all, I'm the uh, second oldest, okay. and so the, you know we've already had one who's left, and uh, they, they didn't want to set a precedent of yeah. too much partying. How many how many kids are under you? Uh, there were uh, four more yeah, after so me. They've and got so, a lot of t- yeah, they want to pace themselves. Yeah, so I don't think there was a whole lot of partying going on, and you know I left in stages and stuff, and so just like parts of you left, and then parts no, of you, uh, you know, it, you know, I left. You uh, came on, and went, and came and gone. I left on a, on a church mission, came back, then left for a little bit, uh, just yeah. moving out, and then had to move back in. Eventually, coming down here to Brigham Young University, and you know. I was gone at that point already. See, that's so. like the slow Band-Aid approach. You just slowly tear that Band-Aid off one little time, uh, turn at a time. Uh, let's, go, let's go to Sam. Sam, what's your story? Well, are your parents happy or sad? Well, it's tough to say. Um, well, we all moved away to college, and then they moved to where we were all going to college. So <laughs> you didn't even get away. It's like, yeah, no, Mom and Dad, no, we're trying to ditch you, and yeah, that's now you're exactly what happens. Us. But then they get here and they buy an RV and say, "Well, we're trying to get away from you guys," but, but we just they're... got away from them, so Isn't it's tough that... to say. Oh my heavens! We're going to talk about the RV, so that is a really good solution for all of you that need something to do. There, you can go buy expensive toys like RVs. Uh, where are we going to go, Crin? You ready for your turn? What? Now, your mom had a hard time. Yeah, she did. Apparently, she cried every day for two weeks before I left. But I only know this because my grandma told me. It's because she was going to miss your cute accent. I, well, I mean, everyone in England has an accent, so Hold maybe it. not. Really? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. But my dad also, I mean, I went back home last year after I finished my bachelor's degree. And when I left to come back and do my master's degree, my dad said, oh, you're leaving me again. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's I am, me. dad. Move along. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, was it harder for your dad or your mom, do you think? I think it was hard for both. I had no idea that my mom cried the first time, and I'm sure she cried again this time I left. And, but, I mean, they get really paranoid that I'm not okay. I get yeah. emails all the time and phone calls. It's well, there's a lot exhausting. that could go bad in Provo. Right. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Compared to where I'm you like grew I'm like thousands up. of miles away. <laughs> you are in a completely different <laughs> yeah, land. Yeah, they can't help me. I'm on my own. Yeah, you're a big girl now. Good, Corinne. Okay, Rob, bring it home. Mom or dad cheering your your uh, departure, or were they sad? Both doing great. Yeah, I know your mom, and I've never seen a happier woman. Happiest I've seen them. I'm the oldest. Happiest I've seen them since I was a baby. In fact. As far as I remember. And I've, I've also never seen them more in love. Yeah, no, Your parents like are more frisky than I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know if we wanted to bring that up right now, but well, they, they are loving each other. Well, and, and the truth of the matter is, I'm, I'm looking back, they seem a bit... Too happy. I, like, it makes me wonder how hard were we on them at the yeah, uh, over the last few years as uh, that kind of home stretch. I really think uh, the last uh, couple of years, right before they finally emptied us all out, was probably the roughest for them of all. So it probably prob- is, isn't it? It's probably like, why they enjoy it so it's much. The now. pressure buildup, exactly. Okay, we're going to go around the loop again. This time, kids, we want your advice. What do you see your parents doing that you see as really healthy? Healthy, a healthy way to kind of transition into empty nesters. All of our listeners are dying for solutions. So let's go back to BT, Bryce Tobin. So my dad, probably the most frugal person in the world. Yes. He bought a drum set. (laughs) 
<laughs> wow. Really? Uh, he bought a drum set. That's when I knew something was up. He's just picking up. up drumming now. Exactly. And yeah, he really did. He this is never a lifelong really dream. It is, actually. Uh, the, many steering wheels died at his hands while drumming. While he's paddling. Yeah. Yes. You know, they call that a midlife crisis. I don't think that's an empty nester thing. That's just midlife crisis. Well, well then the follow-up to okay. that, uh, they uh, moved to Austin and they built a house. Uh-huh. Brand new house. Brand new house. Those now are the cheap, kids right? Are gone. Yeah. In they, Austin. They downsized, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Well, they wanted a house that was, I guess, wheelchair accessible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or, That's how I'd be thinking as a senior is I need it. I need it. One story. Um, Maybe not. I just just to give you an update. Um, my dad just sent me a text uh, concerning my. Yeah. He said, uh, Bryce, your mom was heartbroken. Oh, cute. I don't know. I think he's just being cute. Yeah. Tell him to go drum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, exactly. That is great, though. So, he's listening. So mom, that's neat because mom was sad. But Dad, notice he didn't make a comment about him. Exactly. We, we were dead on with that. <laughs> he wanted me to quit making noise so he could make his own noise. That's good. So, so after all that, then uh, another lifelong dream fulfilled for my dad. He bought a pool because those are cheap, right? Oh, those are way cheap. Yeah. And so he bought a pool. So they're the party house. They really were. They have a drum set and a pool. Yes. Okay. So if you're out there in listener land, drum sets and pools are what we do when we empty nests. Easy fix. Totally easy fix. Okay, wow. Let's go to Sam. Sam, what? Now your dad bought an RV. He he sure did. Those come cheap too. Oh, definitely. What? Uh, so they're just traveling. Is that what they do? Um, I think the thing that they do with it most that makes them the happiest is just weekend trips and trying new restaurants on those weekend trips. Do they really? Yeah, all the time. Are they just like? Do they just look like young teenage kids out on a? <laughs> Well, I think they look the big like car out. teenage kids wish they looked. Yeah. But what How you fun do? is that? Anything they're else that they're all doing? all the good places to eat all the time. That's great. Yeah. So they're I'm dating. Really they get to date. They have to be con- you know, trapped in this rolling box. And yeah. they, I guess they're just going all over the country? Well, all over Utah anyway. All over Utah. Yeah, they're trying to <laughs> they save money They don't actually get too gap. far away, but That's cute. there's a lot of places to go. It's fun. So pools, drums, and um, RVs. That always works. Sheldon, any advice from your parents? Uh, probably not really from my parents because, like I said, when I left, it was yeah, just kind of business just, as usual. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess one piece of advice is to break your child out in pieces. Uh, I guess that, that a works. Here, a little so, there. That's yeah. good advice. Uh, where are we going? Uh, who was next? Oh, uh, let's. Corinne, you were next, right? Yeah, um, my dad bought an exercise bike and a bunch of other um, exercise gear. Equipment, so he's getting pumped up. Yeah, um, and and now a gym membership, that's happened. Um, wow. And they also use me as an excuse to come on vacation, which isn't so much of travel. a vacation for me because no, I have to take care of them. Right. But yeah, they In travel. your apartment, probably. Right, exactly. Yeah, all of probably, them. Yeah. That's always fun. Yeah, it's great. You know what? You can have him use Sam's motorhome. <laughs> yeah, right. Because his parents, I'm that. sure, have got a lot of room in there. So if you notice what's going on, though, these parents are – these are like midlife they're, – they're doing all these things that you all trapped them from doing. They were never able to do these things. I bet they're kissing on each other, don't you think? They're having time together. They go dancing. La Bamba. The polka. Serious. Accordion music. I bet it's playing through the house. Let's finish up with Rob. Rob, how about you, brother? Empty nesting survival strategies on a budget. <laughs> yes. Borrow. Don't buy. Borrow the neighbor's rototiller and every space of your yard that you're not parking a car on, go yep. to town, just rototilling it. Never had a garden before. Last year, I think they had like 300 tomatoes or something. 
Holy cow. Tomatoes are their new children. Are they? (laughs) Plump and juicy. Plump and juicy children. It's what's interesting about that, that gardens are work. Why would you give up all this work and then go get more work? I guess they're just in practice of all the work that they've had to do for so long. They they just feel lonely without it. Gardens would be the last thing. I wouldn't get a pool either because you got to clean it. The drum set I get. I would do the drum set and the motorhome, except I would just rent them. I don't want to do the maintenance. Man, I'm lazy. So your parents are all fairly glad, yet sad, apparently, a few of your parents. What, what does that say about us? Well, I think I already know what it says because I work <laughs> with you every day. Um, okay, that's good. Now, by the way, do you all – was it a huge transition for all of you? Anybody want to jump in on that? Just to leave your home. I mean, Corinne's on that one because she left her homeland. Yeah, it was really hard. Um, I don't think it was necessarily just leaving home, but leaving your country and then having to be an adult. I had to do my, I mean, I still did, I did my own laundry at home. I wasn't that bad. Yeah. But, you know, like having to do those things, not just having the option to do those yeah. things was a bit different. And then just not being able to talk to my family every single day. That's got to Or be even hard. like to see them, you know, once a year or if I'm lucky, mostly it's once every two years. So, I mean, that was That's hard. a big deal. Do, you, do, do any of you feel frustrated that why are mom and dad getting so cool now? Like, why are they – they were so nerds forever and now they're all cool. I think, Bryce, you're going to have to answer that because your dad's actually listening. So, dad, Tobin, here we go. Well, they – with the pool, they got a jacuzzi and a grill. And so, like <laughs> – <laughs> They're hip, man. They, it was awesome. Where was that when I was a kid? Yeah, no. They, 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 you'd break it. I, I would have, actually. So they don't want you to break it. So they're sitting there now in Austin. Pro- I bet your dad is right now sitting in the jacuzzi. Mom's <laughs> probably grilling something. And we they're wish. listening yeah. to Sirius XM while their yeah. son is famous now. Yeah, I wouldn't say famous. Infamous. Okay, well, kids, okay, you just brought hope to the listeners. It doesn't all have to be bad. There are some good things that we can do in these uh, in this stage when we – I mean, really, it's not like we're dying, right? You're just letting your kids go and you're getting your life back and you're getting an RV and a drum set and you're going to be toned because you're working out in your pool and eating tomatoes. I mean, it's the perfect, perfect life. It doesn't have to be all bad. When we come back from this break, we're going to give you a few more tools to take it to the next level to make sure the empty nester stage is one where you redo the nest, you put a pool in, and you park an RV right outside the nest. You're listening to The Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Just because a plant looks healthy doesn't mean it actually is. But thanks to some NASA research, it's now possible to gauge a plant's health by giving it a quick checkup. This is Innovation Now. Just like humans, plants can be sick and show no visible signs of it. Most growers simply examine their crops themselves, but oftentimes by the first visual sign of a problem, the plant can be in trouble. But now there's a way to give plants a quick checkup, so to speak. NASA research originally done on satellite sensors and improved upon by spectrum technology was used to develop a handheld plant chlorophyll meter called the Field Scout. The portable meter measures light to determine a plant's chlorophyll content, a strong indicator for plant health. 
An ambient light sensor on the device automatically corrects measurements for varying light conditions. The readings from the meter can give growers up to a two-week heads up that something is wrong before their crops would have shown any visual signs. Growers can then take the appropriate steps and give their crops the nutrients they need. Healthy crops mean more bountiful and cheaper produce, and that's something that benefits us all. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. What song changed my life? There are a lot of songs that have changed my life. It's a totally brutal question to try and answer. Every musician has that one song that changed their life. Join Tony Award winner Lea Salonga, American Idol finalist Brooke White, and more of your favorite artists as they explore their lives before and after they heard that one song that changed everything. Watch The Song That Changed My Life, Monday nights at 7.30 on BYU-TV. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking about uh, empty nesting, and uh, it doesn't have to be your downfall. There are plenty of things you can do. Uh, you can be a member of the Good Sam Club, which drives their Winnebago's. Oh, I think that's what it's called all over the country. Uh, you can go rototill your lawn and, and turn it into an incredible garden make, and uh, raise tomatoes and feed them to the neighborhood. There's a lot you can do. You can just go to the gym, get get a six-pack abs of steel like Corinne's father. There's a lot that can go on. You can just keep surviving like Sheldon's parents who are just glad one's out, four more to go. There's a million things you can do. They're not all bad. And some of you, you got to watch out because you may be noticing that um, some of your kids won't actually empty the nest. They are going they're, – they're, um, they're what we call the failure to launch. Not really, but that's these are the ones that have got maybe too much debt. They're still in school. They've got issues or problems, and financially they can't get out of the house. And you know what? They're not even going to give you a chance to get a drum set and to play because they're going to be in that back bedroom you're dying to turn into a den. Let's go to Rob Sanders as he explores that subject. So you went to all this trouble to get your kid off to college. Working overtime, mortgaging the house, anything just so little Junior and little Juliet get an edge over the competition on this 21st century economy and go off and make lots and lots of money. Those of you who asked to come to this school because it was away from home wanted to see if you could be independent. Okay, good to that point. Now you're graduating and you're going back home. I'm Says Junior as he comes through your front door with his diploma in European Middle Ages cultural diversity in his hand to hang on your wall, in your frame, in your house, paid for with your home equity loan payment, where he sits in your chair in front of your TV watching the exact same cartoon he was watching five years ago when he left for college. You're watching Boomerang. This is very disappointing. Boomerang being the term the Pew Research Center calls those one in three adults ages 25 to 34 who are coming back home the highest rate since, well, practically right after World War II. By October 16th, 1945, home were the sailors from the wars. And a lot higher than back in the 1980s when you and practically every other adult was going out and forming their own households. 20-somethings who are moving back in with their parents after graduating from college. But if it makes you feel any better, it's just as bad in the U.K., 
worse in Italy, where they even have a word for it. They call it a bambaccioni, which I hear means big baby. You live with your parents? Is that a problem? So is Generation Y just lazy? Maybe, but uh, those jobs just aren't paying what they used to. Especially if you have to go work at the grocery store after graduation because it's the only job you can find, right? Hey, plus those student loan payments. There's no money left for rent afterward. His parents want him out. He's 35 years old. He still lives at home. That is not normal. It's going to take a stick of dynamite to get me out of my parents' house. It's not that Gen Y doesn't want to form a household and get married. Polls and data show huge support for it. Problem is, they just don't have a whole lot of confidence that they're going to be able to pay for it. Buster, you can't do that on the balcony, buddy. Mom says it's too windy. Why even try to pay for it when those baby boomer parents are just so nice that you stay at their house? They feed you and everything. Oh, that is classic. Mom says it's too windy. Um, <laughs> you know, when an adult child is, ah, oh, jeez. You know, it, things have changed. Have any of you noticed that? Things just aren't what they used to be. Do you remember when this uh, 17-year-old kid would enlist in the military just to get out of the house? Where have we gone? Now we can't even get our 37-year-old kid off the deck because when it's windy. Um, good times. So, again, you know, everyone's got reasons. Tell me how many cultures have made it multi-generationally. We can do this. We could make this work. You can have four generations in a home. Um, it's just not the American way. <laughs> that sounds bad. Um, it's maybe not the American way, but sometimes it's just what you got to do. So if you have to bring one under your wing, bring them under your wing for a while, get them all dried off, get them warm, get them fattened up a bit, and then send them back into war. That's kind of the motto we're going to give you. I think, parents, this is a time to celebrate. Empty nester should not be just this horrendous, horrible time. It's time to take it back. And we're going to give you some tips from a woman named um, uh, Sherry Clark, a licensed marriage and family therapist and life coach in Germantown, Maryland, um, basically gets into the idea that empty nesters, you don't have to sit down and die. Life is too precious for that. This is a major point of change. So if you just put your kids uh, into college and you're now home alone, don't let it turn into divorce. Here's some tools that we can help you to kind of get your life back. First of all, be aware of where you are and accept it. Be aware that you are now in a great stage, a pivot point of your life, and uh, take your life back. Another one is to recognize you may have some grieving. That's normal. You heard some video or some audio earlier today on the show of, a, of some ladies from New York that were grieving the loss of their child uh, who has to go away to college. Um, you can think of your life now as a blank slate, meaning it's time to start something new. Get yourself a drum set and get going because, honestly, if that's been your dream, it's never too late to go um, – beat on a drum, and get a hot tub going in your backyard. Be aware of the signs of depression. If you're sleeping too little or too much, if you're eating too little or too much, or if you're crying excessively, again, I think it's normal when your daughter leaves Europe or England and goes to the big Provo, Utah, it's normal to cry. Let her just cry it out. But if it goes on for months or you know extended periods of time, you probably need to go get some help with that. Feel your feelings. Let yourself experience the emotions of this new phase. It is a change. It's a transition. You'll adjust. 
Remember, some of us don't like to adjust or change much. It's going to happen. But over time, change is good, right? It can happen. Don't make impulsive changes without processing what you're feeling. I wouldn't just go out and buy a Winnebago. I would probably think it through, and um, those are big investments. I wouldn't start digging in the backyard with the pool until you've thought it through like Bryce's parents did. Rebuild some old friendships. This might be a great time to go find some of those old friends you used to hang out with. Remember the ones that you lost when your kids came around because you lived in different parts of the state or had different issues going on, too busy to deal with it? Go back and look up some of those old friends and start um, start trying to reignite some of those friendships. Remember that some of the things that you used to like to do, maybe you used to play tennis. My wife and I played tennis all the time until we had kids. And um, I have a feeling as these kids get a little older, my wife and I are now getting some time to go um, have some free time like that. Plan and organize your own life. Get organized. I had some parents who said our only time to be together, to be intimate was on Saturday mornings. And that's when all my kids would show up to eat breakfast. And I'm like, well, who's inviting them? Just tell them to stay away from you. You and your husband need some time together. And so they actually just filled everyone in that that's when mom and dad are going to just spend some, some good time together. And nobody showed up after that. Recognize your needs and how you plan for them. Resurrect and strengthen your marriage. This is the time to focus on each other, to reconnect. Go take some classes together. Go learn some things. Go have some fun, exciting times. Remember, again, we've talked about this on the show, that when you have fun together, your body attributes that fun and excitement to the person you're with. So if your person you're with is the person you love and you want to grow the relationship with, the more fun you have, the more you'll attribute it to them. Think of your future as an adventure. Take care of yourself physically. Get financially strong and solvent so that you can actually retire and kick back. Practice some good self-care. Get a massage once in a while. Exercise. Just love on each other for crying out loud. You've spent all of this time working to get the kids there. You've made it. Enjoy your successes. Enjoy your grandkids. That's what life's about, my friends. Empty nester. It doesn't have to kill you. It just is a chance to have a nice, clean nest. Thanks for listening, everybody. Again, we're here every day, Monday through Friday. We'd love to hear your ideas. If you have a show idea for us, You can tweet us at BYU Radio, Facebook us at BYU Radio, or go ahead and chat or uh, email me directly at mattchat at byu.edu. Mattchat at byu.edu. Thanks for listening to the show, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU-FM, HD2, Provo. Today's Thinking Aloud originally aired earlier this year. The following is a production of BYU Broadcasting in cooperation with the Brigham Young University Division of Continuing Education. In one of his best roles, actor Jack Black plays a film composer. In one scene, he names a few of his favorite film scores, including the famous, nay, the infamous, two-note music. 